This is real. Mm. And the brain knows that. Their mind also knows that. You're listening to The Journey Podcast, brought to you by Be Limitless and the Strengths Institute. In this episode, myself and Andres continue the conversation about fear. We look closer at what we can do and how to train our mind and our brain to not be paralyzed with fear. There are also different kinds of fear. There is a real fear of a direct threat, and there is a fear of what we make up in our mind. The brain doesn't really know the difference between the two, because the brain will still respond with adrenaline to the thoughts in your head. As an example, there is a difference between worrying about a breakup, or a loss of a job, or an actual attack. So fear is a good thing. It's smart to have fear. Look at where the dodo bird is now. It is gone because it didn't fear humans. So fear is a smart thing to have. It is just not smart to have it paralyze you. In this episode, we look at how training your mind and training your brain can lower your fear response to keep your wits about you as fear comes up for you. So taking another step, Andrew, how can we overcome fear? What? So let, let me let me jump to let me jump to an extreme. Uh, I I watched a series on Netflix on the training of Navy SEALs. Mm. Now that to me is a great example of training people to overcome fear, but putting them in a very realistic though simulated situation of facing death, facing cold, facing hunger, facing a live am- a fire of ammunition, whatever. Um, and and then kind of desensitizing them to the effect of sound, of of feel, of pain. And in that desensitization of it, they, they, they get skilled to overcome fear. Yes. Now, they have a very specific method or reason to be in a, a special forces and do that. Us, do we need to desensitize ourselves as well in order to face specific fears by getting used to it? Would that be a great method for us? The simple answer is yes, that is the method. And there's a process, it's called systematic desensitization, Mm -hmm. where we desensitize the mind and the brain from an experience. Yes. The brain is primarily about one simple thing, experience. Mm -hmm. The brain doesn't care how you think about something. The brain completely, it only cares about how you experience it. This is the reality between the brain isn't interested in your thoughts. The brain is interested in experience. Mm -hmm. However, and this is where they talk about, you know, mind over matter. Mm -hmm. Your, your brain is matter. You can use your mind to overcome the matter. When we engage mental strategies, our mental strategies can become stronger. This is very important because even though our mental strategies can see the difference between fear and danger, the biology, your brain, will still fire off all the mechanisms. It's still there. So from a Navy SEAL point of view, they need systematic desensitization. We need experience. Mm. No matter if they put them in a room and said, okay, just think about it. Mm. Think about someone shooting at you. Mm. Think about landing in cold water. Think mm. about landing in the ocean where, you know, the, the mm. shark might eat you mm. and so on and so forth. Just think about that. And then if you think about it for five minutes, you're going to come out and it's going to be gone. No, 
The yeah. brain needs that experience. That's why they'll throw you into cold water. That's why they'll shoot yeah. at you. Yeah. So when the brain realizes, hang on a second, there's danger out there, yeah. but I don't have to be afraid of it. I need to get a little bit more specific on this because we are afraid of it. The fear will kick in. The question is how we respond to it is completely different. Because when, look at the Navy SEAL, what makes them so effective? Mm. When they can be under fire, when they can be under the worst situations, where they are literally, their lives are in the balance. Mm. This is real. Mm. And the brain knows that. Their mind also knows that. The systematic desensitization, the experience of what they need, Mm. the experience is the most critical thing because it's in that moment that when this pressure situation arrives, the experience that they've had before, they can now discern the difference between their, their brain wanting to do a particular thing and their mind knowing when to do the right thing. Yes. Or what to do to have the outcome or the desired outcome. Yes. And that's a very big difference. Mm. So mm. how do you overcome the fear? In essence, it's very simple. And I like the way you put it. Imagine the worst thing. Mm. What's the statistics of that actually happening? Mm. If I'm having a, conf- a conflict, what's the statistics that's going to actually result in violence and death? Mm. Now, if we know that it can be because now watch you. I know how some humans work. They're going to find the one situation where that'll be true. I can also mention situations where, yes, I can be completely inflammatory and will put my life under threat. Yeah. But that's been stupid. Yes. And that's also knowing the difference between what is danger and what I need to fear. Yeah. And if there's something dangerous, I'm not going to go and poke a sleeping bear while the bear is hibernating and go, yeah. oh, look how brave I am. Again, that's stupidity. Yeah. The difference between stupidity and courage, confidence and fear We need to separate these things and see them for what they really, really are. And in many ways, this is also conceptual. And in the beginning, when we first hear concepts like this, the the first thing that kicks in inside of us, and I'm sure some of the audience will also get this, going, no, you're wrong. That doesn't work like that. It's not true. And when that happens, all you've got to see is that's your fear circuit at play, and it's actually very healthy. Yeah. Fear is a very healthy thing to have and to use. Yeah. Okay. Curveball, final thought towards parents. Mm. Keeping in mind age development. So obviously you don't treat a four-year-old like a 14-year-old, although sometimes you should. Metaphorically speaking, does that mean the way to help not only children, other people, to face fear, if if that child wants to light on because of the monster, yes. does it mean, as a parent, I should have them switch the light off in order to experience the fear, and therefore not fear it anymore? Or, but but I'm actually busy processing it myself. Even with with the Navy SEALs, it is a systematic and gradual. It's not. A sudden once-off, you're still unfit, but I throw you in the middle of the desert without knowledge and skill. I first provide you with knowledge, skill, make you fit, and then I throw you in the middle of the desert because now I know you have the ability to survive. So when we help each other, when we help kids, when we help our our partners or or professionally our colleagues, we should be aware of where, where they are or where I am in that case, and then a systematic process of how do I walk towards the fear. How do I engage it Hmm. by not being stupid in the process? Well, for parents, it's actually so simple. And the one thing that we miss is, what's the one thing that we need 
we need support. Mm. So when my child, and let's say two years old and so on and so forth, says to me, I'm afraid of the dark. Mm. And we say, don't be silly. There's no monsters under the bed. And we turn it off. We forget. We walk out the door and we walk away. Mm. They're lying in this dark place. Mm. And they are terrified. In many ways, if you do that over and over again, over time, that will start to fade into the background of your memory. But that sticks with you. So when you're asking how do we support one another and how do we support our children, it's exactly the same process in a different way. Now imagine this. I could do one of two things. I can lie in the bed with my child Mm. so that they feel safe. They're in my arms and I can turn the light off. So they can experience the dark with the presence and safety of me. With support. Yes. And as they and as they drift off to sleep, they go to sleep knowing that they are safe. There you go. That's one way. The other way is, as opposed to having a very a bright night light, you find a completely indirect light. Mm. You make sure that it's not blue. Blue is the light that we want to wake up to. Mm. You make the the light either uh, red is the best. Mm. So in a very dim red, mm. and not necessarily right next to them, because mm. you just want enough light, or they want enough light to basically see that there is no monster. Correct. And you don't want the, the cupboard door to be swinging open and closed <laughs> in, the, in the wind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so first off, you, you set up an environment which shows them that they are safe. Yeah. While all of the lights are on, you look under the bed. You close all the cupboards. You make sure that there's no strange yeah. shadows in the room, etc., etc. And then, Or even you can leave their door slightly ajar and leave the passage light on. Mm. And be with them. Mm. And over time, that's that systematic desensitization. They learn, yes, there's no monsters. But now this is an interesting thing. Even us as adults, try this as an experience. What happens when you're sitting in your room or in your house and suddenly, you know, Eskim has one of their famous power failures or something happens and our lights go off? What's our first reaction? All these mechanisms kick into play anyway. In other words, these things are still working in us. Yeah. They're still there. So even if we had good nurturing when we were children or whatever nurturing we had when we were children, these circuits are still at play. Our association of what they mean to us is something completely different. And then this bleeds into the idea of awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as, a, as a quick idea, if I put you into any room in your house at any random time and switched off all the lights or put a blindfold on you, and I said to you, wherever you are right now, go and make yourself a cup of tea, could you? It's that awareness of your environment. environment it's yeah. the awareness of where you are. It's the awareness of where everything is. Yeah, that yeah. confidence, knowing that those things are there. Yeah, and yeah. all I'm doing is I'm taking one sense away yes. from you, which is your eyes. Yeah, and it's, it's putting in that darkness. In other words, when we're looking at, when we're aware of something, and we know the differences between the fears and the dangers, what should I do? Should I approach this thing carefully? Mm. Is it something I can run towards quickly? Is it mm. something I've experienced before? And obviously... This topic goes way, way deeper, and we can spend a lot more time here. And we've been extremely brief and quick. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's also a good idea that, you know, get feedback from where where do you sit? Where do you yeah. really sit? What does this really mean to you? Because, yeah. I mean, I remember going through all of these things, and I'm only talking to a perspective post an event. Yeah. I've had a lot of experience going into combat situations where, uh, if I'd gone into those situations without training and support, mm. I might not even be here today. Mm. And the panic would have probably gripped me and probably killed me. Correct. Um, I like your idea on, on feedback. I would I would love to, to get some feedback from, from our audience on this, <laughs> um, on fear. 
maybe experiences of fear um, from different backgrounds or whatever, or still struggles with fear and how to overcome it, uh, etc. Um, because there's, as you said, we just touched the surface, but I think the, the, the essence of facing fear is that part of your experience of facing it is you have a, a hugely private and subjective experience of it. Yes. When you, the moment you face fear, it's as if no matter if you're between people, you feel you feel alone. You feel uh, on your own. The, the support thing is something I think we should unpack going forward. Uh, the whole thing about what is support and how to support on different levels, etc. That's I think that's crucial in facing fear as well. But let's hear from from our audience. Go to our our websites and. And please give us some feedback on your thoughts mm, and questions. Well, this is obviously a deep topic. We dived into the deep end and took a deep dive to get to the bottom of fear. To sum this up, fear is an important mechanism and it is inside each and every one of us. Fear is a good thing. It has kept us alive and successful since we've walked this planet. However, fear is also where anxiety and panic stem from. To give you more content and perspective on fear and the difference between a real life-threatening fear and fears which are made up in the mind, there are fears and disorders like tropophobia, which is the fear of change or moving, and tripophobia, which is the fear of small holes, and the more common and probably better known phobias like agoraphobia, which is the irrational fear of open or crowded spaces, and arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders. There are many phobias. Now, these are not true fears, these are phobias. However, these are real for the individual. Now, this doesn't make these fears any less. These are experienced by the individuals as true fears. They are triggered in exactly the same way as a danger is and they set into motion the exact same pathways and chemicals that an actual danger does. It triggers the same system. So from this perspective you could argue that these are fears. However, these fears or phobias are not triggered in everyone and you need to ask, why not? Fear is in every normal and healthy human being. It is normal and healthy to have fear. However, fear does not need to arrest you or own you and paralyze you. There are ways to overcome this, to get past this and have fear work for you, in your favor, as a driving force and not as a force that stops you from achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve. If you have a fear that grips you, there are ways for you to get past this. For more information, drop us an email or visit us at belimitless.co.za or strengths.institute forward slash web. And if you'd like to get in on this conversation, go to the discussion forum at strengthsjourney.blogspot.com. This is where you'll find all the episodes and a place for you to give us your feedback and leave your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you.